to 1 Kings chapter 17. 1 Kings chapter 17. Elijah is the Bible character that I want to work around in these services or revolve my thoughts around. Elijah was a man of God consciousness. In fact, several times he refers to his God as the living God, the God who liveth, who is conscious of the living God. And from his life, we, we learn what it's like to live a God-conscious life in a man-conscious world. You work with people, you live around people. I'm constantly dealing with people who have no consciousness of God. They have much consciousness of man and their surroundings. But oh, that we might be the channels through which God could confront them with who He is. And so this morning we begin our thoughts by reading the introductory verse to the life of Elijah. He comes out of nowhere. And in chapter 17 of 1 Kings, verse 1, the Bible says, And Elijah the Tishbite, who was of the inhabitants of Gilead, said unto Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel liveth, before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years, but according to my word. That's my text. I'd like to just move through the the words and the phrases of this first chapter, or this first verse of this 17th chapter of 1 Kings. Several, year, uh, several times over the years, due to power outages in the community, I have found myself preaching when the lights went out. Uh, of course, there's always that little moment when everything seems to freeze and everybody's asking, what are we going to do, what are we going to do? So I try to keep everybody calm. And I continue my thought pattern. And I've preached several times in the dark. Of course, you don't have to say anything here. That's not the only time I've preached sermons that seem to be in darkness. But uh, I remember on one occasion a, a brother brought me a big flashlight. And I could read the Word and my little page of notes with that flashlight. Uh, the most recent experience I had a couple of years ago, they brought a big candle and put it on the ledge of the pulpit. And uh, I remember an occasion years ago, I was in Indiana and the lights went out 
And this dear brother went out and got his car and drove his car right up to the doors of the church. Turned on his lights and flooded the church with light from his vehicle. The headlights of his vehicle. Well, Elijah lived in a time when it seemed like spiritually darkness was taking over. Every way he turned, there was darkness. But God so made himself real to Elijah. As a prophet of light, he steps into this dark scene. And God gave special illumination through the prophet. Actually, Elijah didn't force his message or his ministry in the setting, but God so moved him that he was brought by the power of the Spirit of God into the setting. He was possessed, as it was, with God consciousness. And he responded to the setting as God responded to it. Of course, God is light, isn't He? And in Him is no darkness at all. James calls Him the Father of lights. The cause, that is, the source of all light. And so I, I want to use Elijah stepping into this dark scene, possessed with God. And I want to preach for a few minutes this morning on the heart Possessed in the God-conscious life. The heart possessed in the God-conscious life. Now we know what it's like to be possessed. Some of you gals will get a, you get a, a you see this dress and you just get possessed by it. You, you've got to have it. You get them to hold it. You try it on again. You tell your husband He doesn't seem to be very moved about it. He wants to know the price. And uh, you just can't get it. Oh, I've got to have it. I'm going to get them to hold it another day or two till till I'm paid. You've got to have it. But we men are just, we're just as bad or worse. That little boat. (laughs) Or that big one. All of a sudden, you're just possessed by it. You've got to have it. The young people, they, they get possessed by a vehicle, a car. Our, our 14-year-old, who will be 15 years old in a few weeks, uh, she, she likes these Jeeps. I asked her, I said, honey, why do we need a Jeep? Let's get something that's pretty. Let's get something that's family-like. Oh, Dad, I'd look good in a Jeep. Don't you think I'd look good in a Jeep? She's possessed. It's like our middle daughter when she was a teenager. Every boy was cute. I said, Angela, you need glasses. We're taking you to the doctor. All these boys are not cute. Just because they have on pants doesn't mean they're cute. 
is possessed. Wouldn't it be blessed if, if we were possessed with a consciousness of God? That's my burden as I come into these, these series of meetings. Let's look at this interesting introduction to Elijah. His heart was possessed with God consciousness. And we learn, firstly, a heart that is possessed with God consciousness is acquainted, acquainted with God's person. Uh, Elijah did not talk about God in distant tones. He, he didn't sound like God was a foreigner to him. Do you ever hear people pray? Well, maybe this is just a Tom thing. Do you ever hear people pray and you wonder, have they ever talked to him before? Seems like they're having a little difficulty talking to him. Elijah was very acquainted with God's person. He was intimately acquainted with him. Know oh, that that might be true of you and me. Do, do you know God? How well do you know Him? Paul in his old age, after all of his accomplishments, after all of his feats, after all of his endeavors for God, he had this one desire. He said, that I may know Him and the power of His resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. To know God. To know God intimately. First, Elijah was acquainted with God in relationship to his names. You'll notice after he is described as the Tishbite from the land of Gilead, He's the hillbilly. Here he comes. And the Bible said he walked right into the presence of Ahab. Watch this now. He said unto Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel liveth. Notice how he addressed God. The Lord, capital L, capital O, capital R, Capital D, the Lord God. Basically, that's the name Elijah. The name Elijah starts with an E-L. That's the Hebrew name for God, L, E-L. The, the last of Elijah's name ends with J-A-H, Elijah. Those are the three letters that are often used in the Hebrew language to indicate Jehovah. And so the man whose name was Elijah, God is Jehovah, comes before the king and he uses those very names as the Lord God of Israel liveth. Let me take just a moment. That name, Lord, or Jehovah, is the covenant name of God. 
You'll find it attached to all of God's covenants. It's also the name which indicates He exists in and of Himself. He needs no help. He needs no props. He he needs no assistance. He was doing well before you and I arrived. And He'll be doing well when we're off the scene. He's the self-existent God, the covenant-keeping God. And then the name God, capital G, little o, little d, this is the creator name for God. In the beginning, God, El, E-L in the Hebrew. It means the mighty one or the God of might. So here, Elijah uses this name which is used 2,500 times in the Old Testament indicating the Creator and His power. And he says to Ahab, Our God still keeps His covenant. He's the Lord. And our God has power to bless and judge. He's the Creator. And as the Lord God of Israel liveth, there shall be neither dew nor rain these years but according to my word. A heart possessed with God consciousness is acquainted with this person in relationship to his names. There's more than one name for the living God. And Elijah was acquainted with him. By the way, the God who made, who sends the dew and the rain is the God who can cut it off. Without His blessings, we're in a mess. Your heart quits pumping. You're out of business. The rain quits falling. We're out of business. I'm saying He's still God. Elijah knew Him in that light. May I underline furthermore, He not only was acquainted with God in relationship to His names, but in regard to His nature. I've already alluded to this, but notice He said, As the Lord God of Israel liveth. To Elijah, He was more than a name. He was more than a title. He was a living being. He was alive. Elijah, conscious of God's nature, says to Ahab, I'm coming in as a representative of the living God. Of course, keep in mind there were the overall religious status of that era was one of idolatry. Ahab and his wife Jezebel had led the people towards idolatrous practices. And Elijah comes and rebukes the king. May I say secondly, a heart that is possessed with a consciousness of God is not only acquainted with God's person, but second, he is associated with God's people. My heart has been burdened along along these lines. We live in a generation where There are so many religious cliques 
and religious elements. But God's people are His people no matter what. And Elijah identified with them as God's people, uh, the Lord God of Israel, or the Lord God who is over Israel, liveth. He associated with God's people. First of all, I must mention that God's people are a distinct people. The Lord God of Israel. I can't help but feel that Elijah recalled what had been stated by Brother Moses in Deuteronomy chapter 7. There, Brother Moses wrote about God's people. He said, Thou art an holy God unto the Thou art an holy people unto the Lord thy God. The Lord thy God hath chosen thee to be a special people unto Himself. Above all people that are upon the face of the earth. The Lord did not set His love upon you nor choose you because you were more in number than any people. For ye were the fewest of all people. But because the Lord loved you. Elijah says, as the Lord God of Israel liveth. They were a distinct people. How how can we keep our identity as God's people in this sin-drunken society? I tell you, we must live a life that is conscious of God. We live possessed with His reality. There we will see God has His people. We're a chosen people. Jesus said, you've not chosen me, but I've chosen you. And we are a redeemed people, not not by silver and gold, but with the precious blood as of a lamb. And, And may I add, we are a blessed people. We must see ourselves as a distinct people. Somebody said, well, I'm like everybody else, so I might as well be what I am. No, God's people are, we, we live in fleshly bodies like everybody else, but we have an advantage. Greater is He that is in us than He that is in the world. We're a distinct people. We do not have to act like worldlings and live like worldlings. We're just pilgrims passing through. I get amused that so many boy, people will fight you over a job, fight you over a position. Well, maybe this is not a big issue up here in Ohio, but boy, in our country, people will fight you over land. Better watch it. Dad gave me that section right over there. And you better not put your feet on it. And families can get divided over a little piece of property. Somebody says, well, you know, land's important. God's not making any more of it. Well, it may be important, but you're going to have to leave it behind. This world is not our home. We're just a passing through, the songwriter said. 
So it is with everything. Hold everything loosely because we'll soon be gone. May I add, however, in Elijah's day, this people with whom he associated was not only a distinct people, but a divided people. Ten tribes were in, had been divided to the north and two to the south. Yes, they're all considered Israel in God's eyes. But in man's eyes, you have Israel to the north and Judah to the south. And Israel to the north sometimes even referred to as Ephraim. God seemingly putting a name on them. That would be different than his past claims of Israel. But the truth is they're divided. They're divided. But what I love about Elijah, he didn't, he didn't say, as the Lord God of Judah to the south and Ephraim to the north liveth. But he said, as the Lord God of Israel liveth. The way we would put it today is, as the Lord God of the Methodist Church, as the Lord God of the Baptist Church, as the Lord God of the Presbyterian Church, as the Lord God of the Pentecostal Church, as the Lord God of the Nazarene Church, and buku others. I want to tell you, no matter what label we have on us, if we've been chosen by God and redeemed by Christ's blood and the Holy Spirit lives within us, we're God's people. And Elijah associated with God's people. There's always some of those well-meaning folks who are worried about me preaching in the wrong place. One of the old-timers in our area said, What difference does it make to you where I preach? He said, I'd preach in hell if it let me out when I got through. (laughs) A God-conscious life is one that is acquainted with God, a God's person, and one that is associated or identified with God's people. Can I ask you, do you love to hang out with God's people? Or do you find yourselves more and more gravitating to worldlings? When the church has a get-together, do you want to come to it? Or had you rather be elsewhere with those who don't even know God? A God-conscious life will be identified with God's people. Notice thirdly, Elijah not only said, As the Lord God of Israel liveth, but he added, Before whom I stand. Now, Elijah, you're getting a little bold, my brother. You're standing in front of the king, Ahab himself. But you don't even recognize him. Elijah said, that's right. I may be standing before a human king, but I'm recognizing the king of kings. As the Lord God of Israel liveth before whom I stand. He recognized God's presence instead of King Ahab's presence. I would say thirdly then, that heart that is possessed 
in the God-conscious life is not only aware and knowledgeable of who God is and found with God's people, but thirdly, that heart possessed with God will be aware of God's presence. Ahab's presence did not leave Elijah in awe. He was in awe over God's presence. But aren't we a man-conscious society? That's my emphasis. Living a God-conscious life in a man-conscious world. Boy, if somebody came in here this morning of stature, political stature, or someone came in here this morning of rank in our area, it would be the buzz around here. Did you know he's here? He's here. He did come. I heard him. He's here. Did you know? Oh, look who just walked in. And they looked back. We're impressed by people. We're moved by personalities. A friend of mine told me this was true and I couldn't believe it, so I checked it myself. There are many websites created just to brag on who they saw at certain times and certain places. And one writes, I went to the race and such and such race driver came around the corner. I saw him. I shook hands with him. They send it out to their friends. Then one comes back and says, I was in Nashville and I saw a certain certain country music singer. We seem to be very impressed by people. By people. I can tell you all are very impressed that I'm here. But overall, is it not true? Names, classes, ranks seem to impress us, (laughs) even in the religious world. I have tried to pray for the Jerry Falwell family this week. God used him mightily in our country. I respect And it's like Dr. Billy Graham said, we may not have always agreed on everything, but he said, I found him to be God's man. I think that's a commendable statement. Even in the religious circle, if certain people walk, hey, hey, look, you know him, don't you? You know who he is. We're impressed easily by people. But Elijah, Elijah was impressed by God's presence. Oh, that that might be our, our single desire is to know God and to know His presence working among His people. Of course, Elijah recognized the overseeing presence of God and he respected Him more than he did Ahab. Our King is over all kings. Our God is above all God. But he not only recognized the overseeing presence of God, he recognized the omnipresence of God. Now, 
we would probably say, what is Elijah doing in Ahab's courts? He's had to compromise to get that position. That's the way we would talk. Or we would say something like, oh, we've got another prophet who wants to get in the limelight, so he's buddying with the king. He's trying to get political. Don't everybody know that politics and religion doesn't mix? And, and then someone would say, what's Elijah doing before King Ahab? God's not within a thousand miles of the palace. He and Jezebel are rebels. You know, but, but you know what Elijah was doing? He was recognizing God. Before whom I stand. Years ago I was preaching in Illinois and my family and I were driving through St. Louis and we saw this big billboard sign that said, Jesus is Lord over St. Louis. And being a younger preacher, I thought, come on, come on, certainly. They know that people in, there's people in St. Louis that hate God, use God's name in vain. They're not interested in Jesus. Why would they put that up, Jesus is Lord, over St. Louis? But I have studied the Scriptures for many years, and the truth is Jesus is Lord over St. Louis whether they all know it or not. He's Lord over Mount Vernon and Bangs, whether everybody knows it or not. He's Lord over my little hometown of Saluda, whether everybody knows it or not. He's in charge. And Elijah recognizes the omnipresence of God. Wouldn't it be blessed if we could see God in places that other people miss God. That's what's happening here. Let me hasten to say fourthly, the heart possessed in the God-conscious life is not only acquainted with God's person, intimately so, and associated with God's people, all of them, and aware of God's presence, even in strange places. But that heart that is possessed with God consciousness is aligned with God's plan. I think you pick up rather quickly that Elijah is not on Ahab's side. He said... There shall not be dew nor rain these years, but according to my word. Now, he's not just coming in here giving a weather report. It isn't that he's just making a prediction. But he saw God's plan. He saw the outlay of God's purposes. And he cooperates with it. By the way, God did say in Deuteronomy 11, Verses 16 and 17, that where idolatry prevailed, that there would be famine and dearth. And Elijah believed that word. And he says to Ahab, there'll be neither dew nor rain these years, but according to my word. 
He's aligned with God's plan. He's in sync with what God is doing. Oh, to find people who are who want to line up with God. Briefly, he comes with this ultimatum. It's rather strong, isn't it? As the Lord God of Israel liveth before whom I stand, there shall be neither dew nor rain. He didn't even give an introduction to his sermon. He just comes in and delivers an ultimatum. And then he, he departs as quickly as he uh, is discovered. He's gone. How, how is it that Elijah's lined up with God's plan? Well, first of all, he, he is involved with God's verdict. There'll be neither rain, neither dew nor rain. That's God's verdict. And it happened. Just like Elijah said, because he got his word from God. The verdict came from God's heart, not just Elijah's heart. A.W. Pink said, desperate diseases call for drastic measures. And in a society that's consumed with idolatry, God gives a very drastic report. There'll be neither dew nor rain. May I add, Elijah was not only aligned with God's verdict, but he had realized that God wanted to include him as a vessel. Now, God willing, I'll say more about it, but what what blesses me about Elijah, he was not Superman. He was not just a... A notch above everybody else. James says he was a man of like passions as we are. He was just a mere mortal. He was flesh and bone just like you and me. Yet God had a plan that included Elijah. Oh, that encourages me. If God had a plan that included somebody as human as Elijah, he also must have a plan that includes people as common as you and me. May I add, as Paul wrote to Timothy, Elijah became a vessel meet or fit for the Master's use. Became a channel through which God could work. Uh, This is Knox County. I've seen several signs advertising this is Knox County. Do you remember the great Scottish reformer's name, John Knox? He was a mighty vessel, I should say a God-conscious soul that God raised up during the Scottish Reformation. He was sort of at the helm of it. And Knox was known to pray what we call imprecatory prayers or prayers of judgment against Mary, Queen of Scots. And uh, Mary, uh, Mary, Queen of Scots, responded to those what we would call harsh prayers of John Knox by saying, Ah, I fear the prayers of John Knox 
more than all the assembled armies of Europe. (laughs) The God-conscious soul shines like a light in the darkness. The heart possessed. Could I ask you this morning, what's possessing you? What's ruling you? What's driving you? What's motivating you? God help us to live a God-conscious life in a man-conscious world. You're standing with me, please. Your heads are bowed. Your eyes are closed. You've been so kind to let me share my heart. It could be you're here this morning and you're not even a Christian. How could you be God conscious and sensitive to the Lord when you're not even one of His own? You're still unsaved. Oh, I would, I would encourage you to come to Christ. Jesus said, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. I will give you rest. Not only does he call those who do not know him, but I believe he calls particularly his own to an intimate fellowship with himself, to know him, to know him well, to know him intimately, to walk with him. Can you say with the songwriter, and he walks with me, and he talks with me, and he tells me that I'm his own? Is your prayer, O Lord, that I might know thee, the power of your resurrection, the fellowship of his sufferings? Really, when we meet him, when we stand before him, that's all that will be important is our relationship with Jesus. Our Father, as we wait before Thee, we ask that Thou wouldst work in our midst, work in our hearts. Lord, we realize that these dear people need more than my little approach to Scripture. We need a rending of the heavens, not by might nor by power, but by my Spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. I pray, Lord, that Thou wouldst somehow renew a hunger in that young man's heart for thee Lord for that young lady oh that thou wast grant her a holy thirst for thee Lord for that dear man husband wife single man single woman papa mama oh Lord I pray that thou wast Renew our aspirations and our affections towards Thee. Forgive us, Lord, for being so man-conscious. I pray that we might know something of a God-conscious life in a man-conscious society. Now help us as we wait before Thee. And we'll be grateful for all that Thou wast do. 
Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Why don't you just sing along with me while she plays? Let's see, do we need to raise that just a tad? I need thee. I need thee every hour. your need for him singing I need thee oh I need thee sing it every hour I need thee oh bless me now my Savior I come let's slow it down like Tom would if he was here. Sing it now. I need thee. Oh, I need thee. Every hour I need thee. Oh, bless me now, my sing it once more who'll lead the way this morning I, I don't believe God sent me all the way up here to preach this message to myself he's already worked it in me I wonder who'll lead the way and say Lord I do need you I, I don't want to operate like everybody else I don't want to live the, the norm the usual the, the one two three Lord I'd like to live a life of God consciousness I need thee, oh, I need thee, yes, sing it, every hour I need thee, oh, bless me now, my Savior, it one more time. I need thee. Oh, I need thee. Every hour I need thee. Oh, bless me now, my Savior. while these are seeking the Lord while we wait before him she continues to play whatsoever he saith until you do it oh may God enable us you understand of course I've not just come to try to get you to the altar I think it's a wonderful place to seek the Lord but I've come to point us to him encourage us to know him to walk with him to experience him in this world in which we live. While these are praying, let's all bow our heads.
us, Lord Jesus. Have you obeyed his voice? I know we just sort of got our feet wet with Elijah this morning, but I trust you'll be back tonight and we'll try to go a little further in depth into his life. Our Father, as we seek thy face in behalf of these who are gathered around the altar, we ask that thou wast do for us what we can't do for ourselves. Lord, there are times when we say to ourselves, Oh, you need to seek the Lord more, Tom. You, you, you need to cry out to Him in desperation. You need to look His direction again. Lord, as we sang earlier, turn, our, turn us, O Lord, and we shall be turned. Work in us by Thy power and by Thy grace. I ask, Lord, that somehow Thou wouldst give us responsive hearts in these services. Do, do for us. Do in us. Do with us, Lord. I pray that Thou wast move upon us as Thy people. Revive us. But then, Lord, we pray that Thou wast draw that unregenerate heart, that one that's yet unsaved. Draw them, Lord, with cords of love. Help us, we pray. By Thy grace, we'll give Thee the glory for it all. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, Pastor.